a podcast about the overlooked, forgotten, and underground tales of San Francisco. This is Sorted SF. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sorted SF. I am your host, Monica. Hello. Um, excuse my voice. I'm sick with what I can only describe as the black lung. So let's just get right into it. No chitter chatter. I don't think it's news to anyone, but I would be remiss if I didn't cover the topic. So let's dive into the recent murder of Bob Lee. Bob Lee was found stabbed to death on Main Street between Folsom and Harrison on April 4th. For those who don't live in the city, Main Street isn't like a small town Main Street where it's hustling and bustling, you know, like that's where you go with lots of shops and stuff like that. Um, To be honest, I didn't even know there was a Main Street in San Francisco until this happened. This area is in a neighborhood called Rincon Hill, and even though it's downtown and kind of close to some of the more unsavory parts of town, it's really quiet with like not much going on at night. It's just like office buildings like Google, Firefox, and Gap, and big apartment skyscrapers. The Rincon area actually has 24-7 private security patrolling the neighborhood. At the time of the stabbing, two security guards were driving their nightly route around the 67-block radius, uh, but they weren't nearby when this happened, so no help. Rincon Hill is in the southern San Francisco Police District, and this is the first homicide of the year in the entire district. There were only three homicides last year in the neighborhood and six in 2021. So when the stabbing first happened, people were quick to jump on this like train of this is because San Francisco is dangerous and you know the city's failing and even Elon Musk said some shit like that. But I think folks who lived in the city knew that something else was up. My podcast guest and I, actually touched on this a few weeks back in another episode because we weren't fully convinced it was a random stabbing and stabbings are generally really personal and way more likely to happen between people who know each other than strangers and of course it comes out that the victim and suspect knew each other let's start with bob's backstory bob was born in st louis missouri and got to start building web pages for small businesses um, at his parents store His brother described him as a brilliant software engineer, a lover of art and music festivals, and an idealist who sought throughout his career to democratize access to technology. At the time of his passing earlier this month, he was 43 and the chief product officer of the cryptocurrency startup MobileCoin. Previously in his career, he had done big things at Google. He had been chief technology officer at Square and was instrumental in the creation of Cash App. He also invested in SpaceX, Clubhouse, and Figma. And holy shit, I love Figma. It's like such an industry staple. And it only has been around since 2016. And I don't know what people in design used before Figma. Um, I don't know, maybe something with Adobe. I don't know. I'm not a designer. But fuck, I love Figma. So thanks for investing in that, Bobbly. In the months leading up to his death, Bob sold his Mill Valley home, which if you're interested, you can Google it. It's gorgeous. And he had relocated to Miami. Word on the street is that Bob was really fed up with SF's crime and how gross the street looks. 
Um, and it hadn't been publicized why he was back in San Francisco at the time, but we can assume it was for work or to see his daughters who still live here. Or was it to see someone else? Enter to the stage his alleged murderer, Nima Momeni. Who is this guy? Nima Momeni worked in tech, and articles keep calling him a tech exec, but it's more of he would do contract work for tech companies, but mainly had been working for ages trying to get his own company off the ground. Like, for 10 years, he's been trying to get his own IT firm or some shit up and running. Um, It seems he was successful enough, and he had nice cars and a bit of status in the tech scene, I guess. He claims to have graduated from Berkeley, but Berkeley says they have no record of anyone by that name. So kind of sus, but people change their names, and who knows? I know people who use different professional names than the names on their college registration and certificates. Um, Recently, it was reported that he was cited last August on suspicion of misdemeanor battery after a woman told police he had attacked her at his loft in Emeryville. The woman reportedly said that Momeni grabbed her arm and pulled it, pushed her physically. It's important to note he was never actually charged. Additionally, someone claimed that in 2001, he stabbed someone. This was not confirmed at all. It could 100% be false. He also apparently got in trouble for selling an illegal switchblade. Um, All switchblades are illegal in California. I don't know. Do with that information what you will. It hasn't been proven, but it hasn't been uh, proved false either. So up to you to add that to your own takes. I think the real intrigue comes when we introduce Nima's sister to the story. Enter Kazar Momeni. Kazar is pretty hot. She owns a luxury apartment in the Millennium Tower, and she's married to a super popular, super, like, luxury um, plastic surgeon, and she looks like it. She's got a lot of work done, but it's tasteful. Uh, But she looks plastic surgery, but she's still hot, whatever. Anyway, there's not too much out there, as she isn't exactly, like, a suspect in this, but she is important to the story. Uh, So let's get a timeline going of the events leading up to Bob Lee's murder. April 3rd, it's 3.30 p.m. A buddy who was called Witness 1 arrived at an apartment in the Mission District of San Francisco to meet a group that included Bob Lee and a woman later identified as Kazar Elisania. This friend recognizes Kazar from at least one previous encounter with Lee and knows her marriage may have been in jeopardy. Everyone is drinking and partying. Later on, Lee and the witness go to Lee's room at Hotel One on Mission Street, where the witness overhears a phone conversation between Lee and Nima about Nima picking up his younger sister at the Mission Street apartment. In the phone call, Nima appears to be interrogating Bob, who tries to assure and reassure Nima that Kazar had not taken any drugs and that, quote, nothing inappropriate had happened. So he's, Nima's doing some severe overprotective brother shit. Like, this lady's 38. She's an adult. She's fine. Eventually, Bob and Witness One head to Witness One's apartment. So now it's 8.31 p.m. And Nima rolls up to the Millennium Tower where his sister, Kazar, owns her apartment. It's unclear if she was home at this time. Now we're fast forwarding to the morning of April 4th. It's 12.30 a.m., so early hours. And Bob Lee leaves his apartment on Mission Street, the place he was at 
uh, with Witness One. So he leaves Witness One's apartment and heads to the Millennium Tower. We don't know why he went to the Millennium Tower or who called him over, but he enters the building at 2.39 a.m. At 2.03, Nima and Bob take an elevator together to the lobby of the Millennium. Then they leave the building in Nima's car. Nima drives Lee to the Rincon Hill neighborhood where they park for a few minutes, kind of near a Caltrans fence. At 2.25, they get out of the car and stand on the sidewalk for about five minutes. And at 2.30 a.m., Nima lunges at Lee with a kitchen knife, stabbing him three times in the hip and chest with one wound penetrating his heart. Lee staggers down the block, leaving a trail of blood. Nima departs the other way, pausing briefly at a Caltrain's fence near the spot where investigators later found the knife. He then leaves in his BMW. I don't really want to get into what happens in the 10 minutes between Bob being stabbed and the paramedics arriving. Uh, So if you want to watch the security footage, it's available. Just give it a Google. But in short, it's 10 minutes of Bob screaming for help, trying to flag down cars while he's stumbling and bleeding out, and trying to ring the doorbells at apartments around it before collapsing in the entryway of one of those apartments. Uh, Police find that kitchen knife near the scene of the crime by those fences. After Bob had passed and once Nima was arrested on suspicion of the murder, police were able to unlock Bob's phone and found two interesting things. The call log indicates a FaceTime call between a contact named Nima via Kazar and Bob, which I take as Bob and Kazar knew each other and she introduced him to Nima at some point. Lee's phone, Lee's phone also shows a text message from Kazar saying, just want to make sure you're doing okay because I know Nima came way down hard on you and thank you for being such a classy man handling it with class. Love you, selfish pricks. Um, It's written in terrible grammar, weird, no punctuation, really weird capitalization. Um, It's kind of like a drug addled text or a drunk text or girl just doesn't know grammar. Um, And there's a lot of speculation here. Like, were Bob and Kazar seeing each other? Were they romantically involved? Were they flirty? Saying that Nima came down hard on Bob implies that Nima was upset about something involving Bob and Kazar. They say there are three main motives for murder, and those are love, money, and pride. And this very well seems like it could be some kind of pride thing for Nima. Others have a more innocent view on it, like, Bob tried to hit on Kazar. She told her other brother, and her older brother confronted him about it. Of course, confrontations don't always lead to murder, and the fact that Nima brought a kitchen knife with him and then drove to a dark street kind of makes this look like it was way more planned than just a confrontation that got out of hand. But in the same vein of overprotective brother, a man interviewed by The Standard described matching with Kazar on a dating app in 2019. He said he later met up with her and her brother at a bar and eventually visited her home. It's important to note that in 2019, Kazar was married to her current husband, Dino, the plastic surgeon. It's odd to me that if this brother was on a date with his sister and another man, that like the sanctity of marriage or whatever wasn't, no, obviously that wasn't like a moral, of moral importance to Nima. And so that negates the idea that he'd be upset if Kazar was stepping out on her marriage um, and, you know, accusing Bob of stepping out on her marriage or whatever 
Um, the date, however, could have also started as a date, and perhaps the person Kazar was going to meet was like wealthy, and Nima wanted money. And I say this because others speculate that the Kazar relationship is a red herring, and that this has to do more with money. A Reddit user claimed they know the family well and said the following. I'm quoting here. I am highly skeptical about the dating rumors. Dino and Kazar had a genuinely happy marriage, and Nima was crazy. She liked a good party and is really social. Her husband is quiet and a lot more introverted. Her and Nima had one of the most enmeshed sibling relationships I'd ever seen, and from what I saw, it wouldn't take much for him to do something like this, especially if he was on enough cocaine. I was shocked, but not surprised. His drug use was pretty out of control, and he was and is wildly sexist. I chalked it up to cultural differences and what they went through as kids at the time. I did not imagine him senselessly killing someone, but violence was absolutely not out of his capacity. And she's stoked on the drama. It's one of the reasons why we stopped interacting. They could go from being the absolute kindest and most generous people to completely losing it over a perceived slight. End quote. My mind could run on for days conceptualizing a story that makes sense, and I have like a lot of I have a lot of theories loosely held because the fact is, like, we don't know enough. We don't know the conversations. Like, I'm pretty sure as soon as, like, people were made aware that it was Bob, like, witness one, I'm sure, called the cops and were like, oh, he left my apartment to meet up with Nina. Nima. Nima definitely did it. So, like, I'm sure this, I'm sure the people who know in the scene and in the industry, like the friends of Nima and Kazar and shit like that, I bet they know so much of like what actually happened, the reasoning and what'll happen next. But we don't know that because we're not part of the scene. And thank God we're not uh, because this would be so messy. There's so much dirty laundry being aired. Like these poor families are just going to get raked through the coals. Even the ones that don't have anything to do with this. Um, but yeah, there's so many angles for this to be looked through. This could have been like a simple, how dare you sleep with my sister and party with her? Or like maybe Nima asked Kazar to set him up with Bob in an attempt to get financing or something. And Bob was like, no, I'm just hanging out with your sister. Uh, if we're to believe what the Reddit user says, it sounds like Nima is the type of person to use anyone to get what he wants. So it wouldn't surprise me if you were like trying to shake Bob down for money uh, people speculate that Kazar is her husband's beard or they have an open marriage. I just don't know. No one knows. Well, someone knows, but not me. <clears throat> this trial is going to be insane. And again, like who knows if we'll ever get the full truth, but it's a, a wild case fueled by drugs, power, and the cutthroat world of tech. So we got to love San Francisco for that. Let me know what you think is going to happen. What do you think sparked this? What caused it? Is Nima an overprotective psycho brother? What's his motive money? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So let's chat about it. Um, in other news, uh, I really enjoyed doing that vampire episode last week. And this is my, my call for you to go watch Renfield in theaters with Nicholas Holt and Nick Cage. It's so fucking good really enjoyed it um the whole theater was like laughing out loud so um there's my pitch for that 
Let's see, what else? 420 just happened on Thursday. I took part in no public activities because all that is is traffic and people. That's bullshit. Hate that. Um, What else? I don't know. It's been a pretty chill week. Just lots of work. School is ramping up. I'm in two classes this semester and both the final projects are just fucking hitting me hard. I have a group project and that's the group projects. Everyone knows those are garbage. Um, So yeah. Okay. DM me. Talk to me. Call me. Beat me. Um, All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.